Captain Smog, Star Dragon, Dot Hobbit. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Starfleet Judge Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Southwest Airlines, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes. To seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And to boldly glow to, to the, the whole of glory. Soy Trek the Podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. 100% communist. Unless we have a less leftist guest. With Patrick and Britain. Talking, joking, farting, shaking. All about Star Trek. Like our bubbles, the show's Soy. Welcome to the bridge. This is Captain Britain. And I'm Patrick. And you are listening to Soy Trek, the podcast. The podcast where two trickies ask themselves this week. Fuck. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Damn. Sick. Yeah, sick. Well, today we will be reviewing the one, the only, finale of Star Trek Prodigy. Nothing but a prodigy thing, baby. Just two dumb assholes talking crazy. Soy Trek is a podcast that pays, man. A cap, so please don't try to mace, man. Shoot him dead, shoot him dead. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Good, I know what I'm saying as well. That's why I chose those words. You're very careful in choosing your I words. I am. I am. I totally forgot, by the way. We have ads now, as you may oh, have yeah. noticed. You don't want ads? Well, Soyagers, for as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon and not only get ad-free episodes, but you get all of our episodes the moment I get done making them. And you also get them in high-quality quality stereo MP3 instead of that shitty mono trash. Oh, jeez. You listen to the stuff in one source. What do you got? One ear? Like fucking Brian <laughs> Wilson from the Beach Boys? Or, uh, or uh, what's his face? The painter guy. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he could still hear out of both of his ears. He just cut one off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, I guess, but it was his decision. So <laughs> uh, if you uh, want to get them in uh, high quality, and also you don't have to wait like everybody else for them to trickle out like a, a fat load out of your asshole, you know? <laughs> it's not going to do that. You get them all at once. Oh, damn. Like a fat load in your asshole. <laughs> Uh, also, if you pay $5 or more, we mention your name and say thank you mm. uh, to people just like Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Joanna Hearn, Jordan Hale, Nick Savard, Shane Sawyer, and David Kronig Seats. Nice. I actually uh, messaged him and figured out how he actually pronounced his last name. Oh, so. good, good. Hell yeah. It's Seats. Seats. Seats, not Sites. Seats. <laughs> Hell yeah. We love correct pronunciation. We, ha we have such seats to show you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and also if you uh, subscribe to our $10 or more a month, you get that plus access to my Plex server, which has at this point about 15,000 films. Mm -hmm. I uh, just started a TV server up on there. I've got like 60 shows. Nice. Some great fucking shows that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, I saw a bunch of cartoons from my childhood on mm -hmm. there. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. 
uh, like yeah, crazy stuff that you can't find anywhere, like Freakazoid and the Tick, and yeah. like, really good shit. Freakazoid's really funny. I fucking love Freakazoid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you get all that. Um, and by the way, all of the people I just mentioned who pay five dollars more, they're fucking awesome. And you know what they deserve? They deserve a dental dam. Oh. So if you're listening to this in in any position to give them a dental dam for like <laughs> eating pussy that you don't actually want to put your mouth on. And give them one. Yeah. Yeah, once again, that's patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. That's dumb idiot and the letters BS, which stand for bullshit, but also stand for British subject. Oh. Which is not a coincidence. Because we're all British subjects. We are all subjects of Britain in one way or another. <laughs> I mean, their colonialism has destroyed the world. Yeah. Far and wide. Yeah. Their shitty, like, British law system, which I actually, we're going to talk about in one of these episodes. I had a spiel about But you know what? They were right on. What's that? Beans and toast, which we just had. Uh, you just had. I didn't have any toast, my friend. Oh, damn. Well, P- plus, those were American beans with like sugar and shit. <laughs> and they just do a shitty tomato sauce over in Britain. They don't know what the fuck is yeah. up. Yeah. Beans and toast fucks, though. I'll go to bat for beans on toast. Hell yeah. Anyway, we watched the finale of season one of Prodigy today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that was released today, Thursday, December 29th. Yeah. Um, it was Supernova Part Two, mm-hmm. Part Two of a two-part episode, uh, written by Dan and Kevin Hageman, who are the co-creators and uh, showrunners of the show, mm-hmm. and directed by Ben Hibben, who uh, was like in the animation department for a bunch of stuff, and he's one of the co-executive producers of the show along with the Hageman brothers. So, basically, like this uh, episode was like seen through entirely by like the main creative forces on the team, it seems, which is sick. Yeah, yeah. So. You want to get into it? Let's do it. Let's jump right in. We open on a field of destroyed Federation ships, phasers still firing from many directions. In the midst of it all, the Protostar. Mm. We zoom in on the bridge, and Gwyn commiserates that there's nothing they can do. They can't warp away. They can't stop the signal. It's Annihilation. Oh, damn. Just a great film. I yeah. wish it was Annihilation. It's yeah. Really good film. You ever see the um, Russian movie it's kind of based on, Stalker? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's 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 uh yeah, like uh, it's pretty good. Wait, wait, seen it? I've lived that. <laughs> I, I, I am a stalker. <laughs> uh, so Dahl says there's one thing they can do. They have to destroy the Proto Star. Jane, uh, Hollow Janeway gasps. Pog says that they can't destroy their ship. Dahl insists it's the only way, but Jenkum says that they literally can't do it because if they destroy the Proto Drive. It would cause a supernova warp breach, and everything within a 50 million mile radius goes with it, Murph included. Apologies, <laughs> we agrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird that they're using miles as a measure. It is very strange. Distance. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> although we talked about that, I feel like that could be like the universal translator, like fixing it, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because like the only measurements we ever really hear are, uh, you know, we got miles, we have um, uh, light years. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also the Klingons have their own unit, and I forget what it is. It's like Killians or something like mm-hmm. that, and that's like their version of the mile or kilometer, which, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, never miles. You don't really hear miles on, no. because it makes sense that they would use like metric, like mm-hmm. and not miles, because like we're the, I think us and then like another country are the only ones that use mm-hmm. that use uh use uh miles like like uh kind of weird. Yeah, it's like uh, me playing uh, Sonic Three. You yeah. never use, never use miles. Never use miles. Never use miles. <laughs> but you know, but also it's like you know, I mean, this show is directed towards kids, so of course, like they want to like 
He's something that they can conceptualize, you know, American kids, you know. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> All right. So, um, po- uh, so Rock says it would be possible if they proto-jumped the moment they destabilized the protocore, mm. making the destructive energy be spread across space-time, which is, like, actually very smart, I think. Yeah, it's Like, smart. this is great writing. Um, it's, like, great simple techno-babble. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they managed to, like, package into a sentence for children. Yes. And I think that's, like, some of the best techno... Like, they say that you're not an expert on something until you can, like, explain it to a child in simple terms. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they're doing here, which is great. Yes. Like, it's... Uh, they're they're very, like, easily almost, it seems, like, distilling Star Trek into something consumable for children, which I think is, like, a fucking feat, to be honest. Yeah. And, and uh, good, good on them for getting it done. And really, like... I mean, I do think it does have... Even though, you know, it's supposed to be for kids, I think the... I think it's more interesting and compelling than than the stuff for adults like Discovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah, at this point, like, I'm I'm probably willing to say that Prodigy is like my f- second favorite new Star Trek show. Yeah, and it's like it's very near the top contendership. Like, mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds. The only reason I probably put that up there is because like I I thought it took uh Prodigy. I thought it took them a few episodes to really get their legs, whereas, yes. like, I thought Strange New Worlds, like, started amazingly. Mm-hmm. However, they did have the benefit of basically having a first season already in Discovery. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, um... I, I, I'd i actually... So, because of that, I'd say they both got, like, you know, their legs in the kind of the first half of the first season, whereas with uh, fucking Strange New Worlds, I'd, I'd consider that the second season of Discovery. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I think they're both fucking just awesome, and both of their creative teams actually have a solid vision of what they're supposed to be doing, yep. I think. And significantly less cringe than uh, Discovery. Entire, I mean, <laughs> like, it's, it's, and also, it's like, just, more, more emotional maturity than Discovery. Which is crazy to me, yeah. It's, like, the, the weird thing about Discovery, and, like, Picard, is you have a bunch of people who, like, have no idea how to control their inner selves and their inner lives. Yeah. Which is really strange, because, like, fucking Picard, literally, for, like, seven years of his life had his therapist who could kind of read his mind at his left-hand side. Yeah. And somehow he never resolved a bunch of his trauma. Yeah. Which is like, you figured that would have come up in, I don't know, the Starfleet psych evaluations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no. No. But no. Mm. No. It never came up. Yeah, which is like ridiculous. Yeah. Because obviously, like, it's some trauma, apparently. Obvious from Star Trek Picard Season 2. That's yes. the only thing it's obvious for him because he never even mentions his fucking mom before that. No, uh, and when it, well, when he does, like he says, she's she she lived like a long life. Yeah, and right. Showed her, and showed her uh, mm. like a false memory, I guess that's supposed right. to be like of her, like yeah, bullshit. Stupid. Um. Anyway, so back to Prodigy. Zero does some calculations and thinks that Rock is correct, bringing up a telemetric diagram. Hologenway agrees, but Dahl says there's one contingency. The auto controls on the ship are fried, so someone will have to stay behind to control it. Mm-hmm. He volunteers. Maybe it should be Hologenway, though, because, you know, she's a hologram and whatever. Yeah, but I also was wondering when they said that, like, I was like, well, she obviously is kind of under the control of the living construct in a way. 
Because remember, she because was. Yeah. She was, but she got out of that, remember? Yeah. I mean, they, they already resolved that, yeah. I feel. And so, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have trusted her completely, but at the same time, like, what else are they going to do? She can't exactly, like, cause more destruction than yeah. is already being caused, so. Yeah. Like. She could have just, like, but, like, the construct could have taken control of her, and she'd be like, all right, time to go to planet Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, like. Just, I'm going to crash this bitch right into planet <laughs> yeah, Earth. Yeah, fly directly into, uh. Into the um, into the uh, uh, actually the, the Mars. Uh, I mean, that would have been crazy if like Hall of Janeway would have just exploded the construct right there mm-hmm. and fucking like taken out all of the Federation. Yeah, that would have been a decision. But then like after that, like Picard wouldn't make any sense and no. stuff like that. So. <laughs> Or, or even like uh, the later seasons of Discovery, where in the future, like mm-hmm. they probably would have just been completely destroyed, yeah. which would have been like a nice mercy kill. Actually, yeah, I mean, if you think of it, ended there, like we wouldn't have had Picard or Discovery. So, God, God. maybe they Jan- should have. <laughs> yeah, I know Janeway should have like should have uh, should have saved us all. all Hon- yeah, Janeway. honestly, like the Federation should have probably ended in like I don't know, uh, twenty three ninety, <laughs> yeah. like. I mean, maybe before that, maybe before the fucking automatons blew Mars up and shit. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, Hall of Janeway does volunteer, though, mm-hmm. uh, saying that she does have his command codes from a couple episodes ago, which is amazing writing. Yeah. Um, just, like, working back in previous plot lines. So, mm-hmm. Rock protests, saying that she's more than a program to them. She says she knows, which is why they can just stick her program on an isolinear chip and bring them with her, mm-hmm. or bring her with them. Dulce asks how soon till they can jump, and Jenkum says it'd take any engineer a day, but he's no regular engineer as they take off and begin flying through the field of phaser fire. Mm. From the Dauntless, Commander Tysus and Admiral Janeway see the protostar from their bridge, and Tysus asks what they're doing. Janeway says, saving us all as they fly away from the battle. <laughs> In engineering... Dahl comes in and asks Pog how they're doing on that razzle-dazzle. The razzle-dazzle. The razzle-dazzle. He says they're ready to jump. Jump and explode, that is. (laughs) Which is how I masturbate. Mm -hmm. Uh, He calls himself a miracle worker, which is like, I mean, Pog always has a bit of an ego, but like. And he's kind of like referencing, uh, you know, like uh, Scotty and all them, like, you know, miracle worker, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, the, but the he engineer. doesn't even know who Scotty is. is no, but the engineers so. always like to call themselves miracle workers. I guess so. <laughs> um, uh, okay, cool. Um, in en- uh, Down in the shuttle bay, Rock is replicating a crude shuttle and is talking with Gwyn about its basic life support features and lack of seats mm. and lack of seat belts. And lack of navigation features, but uh, they say they'll have Hall of Janeway to take. Oh, but well, they really need seatbelts when they have inertia, inertial damage dampeners. Do they have inertial dampeners? Yeah, on that, on that, like, yeah, because like when they fly, when they go through warp and stuff, like they don't, you know, they're not flying around or anything. They're not in warp. Like, I they, well, they don't they don't have a propulsion system on there. On on that ship, they didn't have a propulsion system. Not a not a, like a, a, a warp speed propulsion system of any sort. Well, well, some well, still, even when they move at like um, uh, impulse, they still like. They have, I don't. I don't they think they even have dampers. impulse, which is why uh, remember they had to have their uh, sh- the uh, shuttle sucked out by gravity from the, mm. the shuttle bay. Wait, how'd they get home? <laughs> uh, 
because the fucking Tysis and uh, Starfleet looked for him. Remember? No. Yeah. We'll we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so up on the bridge, Hala Janeway is unloading herself into an isolinear chip, but there's not enough memory. She sighs, and Dahl comes in. He asks if she's copied up yet, and if everything is okay, and she just hands him the chip and says to watch out, since now he'll have two of her. And he's like, two at a time? <laughs> oh, she can eat my ass and suck me off. <laughs> but, I mean, she could do that anyway. It's a good thing my dick and my asshole are the same thing. <laughs> yeah. He just whips out one, his dick and poops. <laughs> I have one hole that does it all. <laughs> the in-hole, the out-hole, it's for everything. I eat through it, too. <laughs> like an elephant's trunk. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. It's prehensile. You can grab things. <laughs> yep. Um, so Zero comes in and says, it's time to go. Hala Janeway hugs Murph and says, she'll take it from here and delegates all ship's controls over to her program. Mm-hmm. Jenkin Pog sighs and says, all of the time they put into the protostar and they're just going to go blow it up now? And Rock tells him that maybe he should think of it as a young star becoming what it's meant to be. Hala Janeway tells them that before they go, she wants to let them know what an honor it was to serve them. They leave, and she sighs. And I actually really like this whole idea of, like, the ship becoming what it's meant to be as, like, a, a new star. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's something that they actually use thematically a whole lot in this series is, like, uh, growth. Yeah. Which I think is, like, super in, like, evolution, which is, like, super important for, like, kids to kind of get. Yeah. And, you know, not, like, evolution on the scientific level, but, like... Mm-hmm. You know, like human growth and like growing to potential and stuff like that. We love that. Yeah. That's a good message for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crew board the shuttlecraft and close the lid. It flies out of the shuttle bay, sucked up by gravity, and the music here is just really fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely great job and like fucking, yeah. Um, Janeway, Hollow Janeway's taking the ship into warp and like everyone's like looking around mm-hmm. the shuttle and like holding hands and. It's a, it's a really tender moment. So yeah. now we see Hala Janeway, and she looks sad as she takes control of the ship, putting the protocore online, and she says, all right, ready, on my mark, go fast, and jumps the ship to her death and into complete oblivion. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that, was, that was a tender moment. It like, was. Uh, yeah. yeah, we get to, they had a nice little goodbye, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I cried like three times during this episode <laughs> yeah. when I first watched it. Yeah, I'm like God damn it, I God damn it, God damn you, God for damn you, making me feel. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not allowed. Not yeah. on this podcast. No. Like the only thing I should be feeling is horny, <laughs> and crying makes me horny. So you know what? Mm. Good job, Hagman Brothers. It was too connected. It was mm-hmm. too connected in your and and your development. You mm-hmm. know, crying then horny. Yep. Masturbating while crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how it be. I've been there. I've been <laughs> We've there. all been there. Come on. <laughs> Who hasn't cried while they masturbate before? Come on, get out of here. Uh, so back in Starfleet, uh, so back in the Starfleet battle, everything suddenly returns to normal. And Tysus tells Admiral Janeway that they're no longer locked out of their ship. She asks if there's any sign of the protostar, and he says he tracked their warp signature, but read no signs of life. Janeway has him send a search party. And although he tries to protest the amount of time it might take, she reminds him that the crew of the Protostar just saved the entirety of Starfleet, including themselves, and if they're out there, she wants to know. Hmm. 
So on the shuttlecraft, uh, Gwyn says they did it, and Rock says Janeway would want to see this, so they insert her isolinear chip to load up her program. As, as if it wasn't cramped enough in there. Right. Because, like, yeah, the space that they have, like, they're all basically shoulder to shoulder. And, like, mm -hmm. what, 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 like, how big would you say that is? Like, two rocks. Yeah, two, <laughs> yeah, two rocks, which, which is pretty wild. Like, that they're, mm -hmm. that they're just like, well, I mean, they did have five minutes to make yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense because they actually talk about, like, how little time they have and why they're not putting features on it because they're so limited on time. Yeah. That's why they don't have seats or seatbelts or anything. Or navigation. Yeah. Or thrusters. Or inertia dampeners. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, so uh, they insert a program, but it, instead of the college Janeway, it's a tiny Janeway. And Jenkum asks why she's so tiny. She starts speaking, saying that about now, Jenkum will ask why she's not a hologram and just a pre-recorded message instead. Uh, she tells them she's sorry, but she lied to them. <laughs> There was no way for her to leave. Over the time she was with them, she grew, literally. She learned so much that her program became too large, too rich, and too complex for a tiny chip. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't possible for her out uh, uh, to get her out of the computer in time. Janeway says knowing how stubborn they all are, she did what she had to do to make sure everything went according to plan. She says she wishes she could see them arrive at the steps of Starfleet Academy. Rock yells that they don't have any navigation. Janeway says they uh, may think that they need her, but they don't, because together, their potential is infinite. Mm. And uh, I was definitely having a good cry here. Oh, yeah. Janeway says, now, go boldly. And again, absolutely amazing music in this moment mm -hmm. by uh, Nami Melumad, mm. who uh, does the music for this and... Uh, strange new worlds so now we are on earth in san francisco starfleet headquarters a vulcan lieutenant is explaining the protostar's explosion uh created a special rift a spatial rift at the end of its warp admiral janeway is there and she asks about the rift he says it's specifically a wormhole and from which they received a signal from the protostar janeway says the protostar is gone and he says the one stolen by the criminals is gone. And Janeway protests that they're heroes that saved the entirety of Starfleet's lives. Mm -hmm. She says in their absence and her presence, they are to be given respect. And the Vulcan walks it back and says, because of their sacrifice, they picked up this and plays a message 52 years from the future. It's a mayday from Chakotay explaining the Von Nukat and their plans. Mm. The Vulcan explains that somehow the protostar replicated the conditions of the initial wormhole Chakotay was lost in, creating a way to reach this point in time and space. He says there's talk of sending an exploratory ship. Janeway says she wants to be on it. Suddenly, someone enters and Janeway asks what's going on. And they say, it's them. Outside, shuttlecraft are landing, and the protostar crew is in the middle of San Francisco Bay. Mm -hmm. Next, the crew is in a court. Their charges are being read to them. One, stealing a ship. Two, impersonating Starfleet officers. Three, illicitly inhabiting the mind of an esteemed general. <laughs> Which, I mean, if that's... Or Admiral. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, Admiral. If that's a crime, then, like, 
she also perpetrated a crime, right? Like she she was in his mind too. Was, yeah. yeah, but I guess like it's considered a crime because like it seems like because they initiated the, the circumstances for Dahl to enter her brain. Mm, yeah, but but like, and, but you he know, didn't do and, anything and, and, illegal and, and, with inadvertently. It. Yeah, but he yeah. he didn't use it to do like any illegal action. Or no, anything, so. But it's I think like, they're just yeah. like, yeah, they're just like, well, you did that, so mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Whatever. So Janeway says it was all in commission to warn them. One of the magistrates says it would take a day to read all of their offenses, mm-hmm. and she wants them to be considered for Starfleet. And one of the others points out that Dahl is an augment. He's like, even that augment, which is like racism. racist. Yeah, yeah. Um I guess they did also can contact like a um a uh uh pre warp civilization, the Enterpriseans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh Um I mean that's that one is I mean that's difficult to say because yeah. they are a pre warp civilization, however they had already made first contact technically. Yeah. So it's they didn't make first contact, which yeah. is not against the prime directive, I don't yeah. think. I think they're fine on that yeah, one. Yeah. You know, the 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 only person who really fucked up on that whole situation is Jim fucking Kirk. Yeah. For not coming back for that guy. That was that was weird. Yeah. Like just like <laughs> Jim just, Kirk continues to be the main villain in Star Trek, just, even in a kid show. Yeah, it's wild to do that and then just like just just abandon uh, not even follow up on like, oh yeah, we well we lost a roundabout and uh and a crew member. Mm-hmm. Oh Oops. well. I'm never gonna record this in logs or anything <laughs> i mean it's honestly not too far off from no. ensign row no like <laughs> picard is like oh she's dead guess what she wasn't <laughs> dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> so um one of the magistrates asks about starfleet tests and psych evaluations and calls this both unprecedented and maybe reckless saying that good intentions do not make up for Federation crimes. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get more of why the Federation isn't any sort of utopia. They're uh, they're still using sort of a presidential British legal system, Mm -hmm. uh, which is dumb and stupid, and the reason the world would be uh, better if Napoleon would have taken Britain. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's for multiple reasons. Like, the British and their systems are really the hierarchies that have absolutely fucking destroyed the world. Yeah. Like, if you look at capitalism, like, realistically, like, what we, modern capitalism is entirely based on the double-column ledger system, which Mm. was invented by the British and, like, used heavily in, like, the East India Company and stuff like that. It's a a way uh, to be able to uh, organize credits and debits so not everything has to be a direct transaction immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everything, obviously, with credit cards and debit cards and everything like that is now based entirely on that system. Mm. Which uh, sucks, yeah. obviously. It's, you know, it obviously creates nothing but an upward transfer of wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because if you have money, you're able to invest that money and get fucking, you know, more money off of the margin, off of a, you know, off of an investment margin. Which, if you have money to begin with, you're able to get cheap and sometimes free money from the government, yeah. like it was when Trump was in office, when we had literally zero percent uh fucking interest rates so like a bank could basically be like i want 500 billion dollars and the government would be like here it is pay us back whenever (laughs) which is insane because they can then like loan that money out to people and you know make five to ten percent on interest which is like 
basically just the government giving free money to banks. Yeah. I mean, not basically. That's exactly what it oh, is. Yeah. Which is like fucked up because it's just like you never see like people who are all concerned about um, how we spend our money. You know, they they mm-hmm. they want to point fingers at people with like food stamps and stuff, and like and say that they're they're a drain on on uh, on tax dollars, but completely ignore stuff like that. Which is which is like <laughs> if someone says that, I'm like, you didn't even go to like economics 101, no. and you know why? Because <laughs> you don't understand the idea of 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 um. Uh, what's it called? The um, uh, not philosophy of currency. Um, ah, shit. Oh my god, I just blanked. I had it in my mind. Fuck. Uh, anyway, it's it's when you give poor people money, you know what they do with that money? They spend it. They fucking spend it. A hundred percent of it, and yeah. even more than a hundred percent of it. You know what rich people don't do? Spend money. Spend their money. Yep. It goes um, in offshore bank accounts. Oh, sorry. It's called the velocity of currency. Yeah. Velocity. Uh, and and basically, what it means is when you give a poor person a dollar, that Dollar gets respent in the economy an average of six to seven times, mm. making six to seven dollars for your GDP, your gross domestic yeah. product. And that's that's something people don't realize is the wealth of a nation depends almost entirely on the amount of money circulating within that nation. Mm. Now, something a lot of people also don't realize is the American economy at this point has something like uh, 60 to 80 uh billion dollars like mm. or sorry trillion dollars constantly flowing through it mm. um only about 30 to 40 billion of those dollars or sorry trillion of those dollars actually are patriated in the united states and are actually circulating mm. almost half of american currency is just in overseas bank accounts either hoarded by corporations or the rich yeah like corporations are thought to have up to fifty trillion dollars in offseas bank accounts, and the rich are thought to have thirty trillion dollars, mm. which is like, like the the rich are hoarding more wealth than is circulated in our economy. Mm-hmm. If the rich just started spending all that money, we would literally like double our GDP overnight. And yeah, of course, inflation would probably like raise at that point, but we'd be so wealthy as a nation that it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's why, like, you know, you saw, you've seen, like, with CEOs, like, the amount that a CEO makes versus their worker has gone up mm-hmm. so much. And, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's over just, 300 times now. And back yeah. in the 70s, it was, like, 15. Yeah. And so it's, like, yeah, and, like, and, and they can't spend all that money. It's, like, impossible to spend mm-hmm. all that money. Like, the amount of money that, like, fucking people like Bezos has, mm-hmm. they, can, they can't spend in their no, they can't. No, they, they can't even imagine they can't like conceive what they would have to do to spend that amount of money yeah you know what the only thing you can actually do with that Mm. amount of money is fix society's problems you know what none of these people are doing (laughs) fixing society's problems literally like there's we we don't have money to to make to uh to build infrastructure or mm-hmm. provide food. Right. And that's why they're like, well, you always spent do a one-time thing to feed everybody. And it's like, no, it's like that money, go, like you invest in systems that, that feed mm-hmm. people continuously. Yes. It's just like, it's not it's, like. It's like, yeah, these motherfuckers <laughs> will be like, oh, well, yeah, f- I'm fucking uh, work ethic. You know, you give a man a fish, uh, if, uh, if for a day, or teach a man to fish, your mm-hmm. lifetime, yeah. like. Then why aren't you teaching men to fish? <laughs> yeah. Like what? What are yeah, you? What are you doing? You're you're literally taking the fish away from the man after he's caught it. Yeah. Like it's more profitable to eat people poor. 
Yeah, it is. And yeah. that's, that's a problem is like capitalism requires, it absolutely requires an underclass. Like yep. capitalism cannot exist mm. in a state of equality no. because that's, that's antithetical to the system. That's, that's socialism, yeah. which uh, is the better system <laughs> yeah. because everybody benefits. Yeah. Everybody. Like if you, if you, if you redistribute, okay, crazy, crazy thing. Um, <laughs> the average American, average, um, I'm sorry. The the median American makes roughly fifty to fifty three thousand dollars a year, right? The average American makes about seventy five thousand dollars a year, making an almost fifty percent gulf between the median wage. If you you know choose the exact middle wage earner in America, mm-hmm. they're making about fifty thousand. But if you choose the average, they're making closer to seventy five thousand, which means. There's an enormous, enormous gulf between those who have and those who are just working. Yeah. Like, a, a gulf of 50% or more, which is insane to me to think that, like, some people just, like, sitting at computers doing coding are just, you know, making $100,000, $200,000 a year. Yeah, they're actually making that because on scalability, their work is worth that much. It's just, as a government and as a society, we have elected some of the dumbest motherfuckers alive who don't understand that you have to tax scalability on scale. Well, I don't think they're dumb. I think they no, know. No, they are dumb. No, well, I think they know. No, no, they're dumb. No, <laughs> yeah. no trust me. Like, uh, if, I mean, uh, if you watch, like, uh, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. in doing the congressional shit, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, con- uh, yeah, his congressional, like, subpoena, like, none of these motherfuckers have any idea what mm-hmm. tech is and how it oh, actually yeah. generates profit like oh, the, but I mean, I, I they know like this what they're doing um, economically, right? Like, they, but but, but they, at the like, same time, they they wouldn't even know where to begin to yeah. regulate it if they wanted to. Oh, it's yeah. a problem. Yeah, like and that's and that's the thing is like uh, there's basically no one in tech in politics, and those that are in tech in politics mm-hmm. are there to protect tech. Yeah, which is all sorts of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Which is why you know it's we need more young people in office. Because old people don't fucking understand computers, no. and guess what our society runs on? Yeah. Computers. Yeah. Entirely. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's it's all fucked up. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, how do we get on this? <laughs> I don't fucking care, man. I don't fucking care. I'm just mad about capitalism, dog. I know. We're just <laughs> so, carrying this rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, talking, we're talking about uh, Prodigy. That's, yeah, a nice, yeah. that's a nice tangent, though. Oh, oh, uh, presidential British legal Pres- system. Presidential, yeah, presidential. The, the British legal and fucking economic <laughs> system. How fucked up that shit is. Yeah. Fucking uh, just to, to to put a pin in this. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon should have won. Yeah. Uh, Admiral Janeway <laughs> speaks up and says that before they encountered the protostar, not a single one of them had even heard of the United Federation of Planets. Mm-hmm. But they found their way to Starfleet, and if not for them, they might not be sitting there. Which I totally agree with, because when you think about it, like. If it weren't for these kids, mm-hmm. the Diviner and or the Vindic- Vindicator would have definitely eventually found the Protostar, oh, yeah. taken it to Starfleet, and released the living construct. Like, they're literally the only thing that saved Starfleet. But this is how, like, how did they get to Earth? It showed them that they they, they made their way to Earth, and they crash landed in, in, um, we, in San Francisco Bay. Well, well, we see them being flanked by several other ships. I'm going to assume that was the, the search party that Janeway ordered for them, because we know they were out there for a month. and so Yeah, which is crazy that they are in that small, cramped space for a month. Th- well, um, so 
Jenkin Pog's poo is edible. <laughs> yeah. uh, most people don't know this, uh, but it, it it basically just comes out the way he ate. Like, so to assume, and they look when they came out, they looked perfectly clean and 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 well nourished. Well, they, they had just taken a dip in the San Francisco. Yeah, bay, yeah, yeah. Which is a very clean body of water. <laughs> oh, I'm guessing the future. It <laughs> very is. clean. I think they clean it up. But, uh-huh. but still, like, well, we are, did, are we you did, sure? Because I mean, they extincted the whales, so we ended up dumping <laughs> the whales back in it. And, and yeah, but we don't know if they survived. Do <laughs> yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice if we get to see a whale and like and it would be or just like it would be funny if like at the very end of four they drop the whales in the water and they just like start floating up yeah. with their belly up yeah. like dead goldfish <laughs> well that was interesting though that they were able and there was no trash or anything they were perfectly clean mm-hmm. and perfectly happy like i think a month being in a like that space was probably like what like seven feet by four feet you want to say i mean it was bigger because like fucking rock Rock themselves has got to be like seven yeah. feet tall. But either way, so. it was like they were shoulder to shoulder and like no leg, no leg space, mm-hmm. and like I think they would go insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we don't we don't. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. It was and smaller I, than this room. I think it's probably right good that they they skipped over the uh, the whole thing because there are a lot of questions there, like. How did the search party find them? Like, how did they get them back? They didn't have a replicator in there, I'm guessing. Yeah, why are they still on their shitty ship and not in, like, a Starfleet ship that goes much faster? Mm. Like, stuff like that, you know? Lots of lots of questions there, but... So it's probably good they just kind of glossed over that, because that would have been an like, extra, that's like... that's a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll do, like, a, a, a short prodigy thing in between the season it's just like here's the month they spend on the fucking craft alone eating jenkin pogs feces <laughs> eating bits of murph it's like, <laughs> <just> <laughs> like well i mean he can't necessarily die if we just eat him right it's, yeah 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 he's an unlimited food source do you, do you think he's and there's no you, water on the ship like yeah, yeah do you well i mean there's jenkin pogs urine oh, but yeah, um yeah. you know it's sterile yeah um do you think uh do you think Murph do you think their consistency is more like a gummy worm or more like jello? I'm gonna say gummy worm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was I, I think there is like a solidity to Murph that like mm-hmm. that's more than jello. You think his dick is basically just a gummy worm? Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also it's like it is funny because like there is like some real life, you know, like tales of survival. Because you know, like Moby Dick and stuff is like based on a true story of like a of a whaling ship that was like lost at sea mm-hmm. forever. And then like but but they uh the way they survived is they all turned to cannibalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they cool. so they so they just ended up uh, so these whalers ended up having to eat like the guys who were weaker and then like mm-hmm. um and ironically they could have gone to a to a uh island that could have saved their lives but they thought cannibals were on there so they ended up so just ended up becoming the cannibals themselves yeah ended up becoming cannibals themselves like it's, um, a, it's a very interesting story but. uh speaking of um moby dick uh that is like a common motif in the movie the whale that just came out which oh, i would yeah, I highly recommend if you were interested in it is like, that on your plex yet no no uh, it's only in theaters that, uh, they're not releasing it streaming for another couple is michelle yo in that Oh, first of all, I thought she was. No, there's a there's an Asian lady who's really fucking good at it, but I don't know who she is. She's mm. very good though. Um, I mean, the the whole film is just like an acting masterclass. It's weird. It's a Darren Aronofsky film, but it doesn't really feel like one too much. Mm. It's like a lot more hopeful than anything he's ever. Oh made, wow, which that's is weird. interesting. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's also got like this impending doom, like all of his films, but like it does have a message of hope, which is strange. Mm. Darren Ar- Darren Aronofsky. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's definitely no mother or like Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. yeah. He did Wrestler too, didn't he? Was that him? Maybe. I like that movie a lot. 
Um, so Janeway continues, explaining that the protostar was created in going far beyond where they have ever gone before in order to find others who share their ideals. So they may create a stronger alliance. Mm -hmm. She tells them to stack up those tests, stack up those psych evaluations, the interviews, and none of it holds a candle to what this crew has been through. She says, uh, she then says the augment whose name they conveniently forgot, which is a very common dehumanization tactic. Yeah. Which is why I actually believe it should be, honestly, illegal for anyone in court to refer to someone as the defendant. Yeah. Because it is stigmatizing and dehumanizing. Mm. Like, and it's it's definitely a tactic that I think is completely intentional. So, fuck that. <laughs> um, it says, uh, his name is Dahl R.L., He's genetically engineered, but he wasn't enhanced in, in every way, which is obvious if you look at him, <laughs> which was just like, damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, his heart is bigger than anybody in the room. Which no, really. Sounds like a problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. It's a birth defect. He's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> You could drive a fucking car through there. It's like a blue whale's yeah. heart. If he, if, he, if he runs above five miles per hour, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> He just eats pure butter and it just like passes straight through. Um, she says out of the 150 species in the Federation, Dahl has 28 of their genetics inside of him. And yeah. he, he sees an Andor and he's like, hey, you want to make it 29? <laughs> yeah. uh, so she asks if there's any better representation of their alliance than him. And we hear a gavel going. Yeah. Out in the hallway, everyone's waiting. Dahl is pacing as they wait. Janeway finally comes out and tells them the situation. First off, all charges have been dropped against them, which, like, Fair. it'd be crazy if the Federation charged them with anything, right? Yeah, I mean, like, for one, they were completely ignorant of the Federation mm -hmm. before coming across it, and they did everything in their power to keep from bringing this into they after realizing the problem yeah. and and yeah and when and they figured out the solution to it that literally saved the entirety of starfleet yeah and i'm gonna guess like no one really died at that conflict because like i remember them saying in the last episode that um those ships that came to um uh, help them uh -huh. um beamed all the people off it's strange to me that they the only control they still have is beaming functions. Like yeah. they can't control any part of their ship except beaming people on and off. Which yeah. I'm like, eh. Well, I'm guessing that the other people are using their teleporters. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they yeah, use yeah, their they, own teleporters to okay. get them off. Oh. Yeah. Okay. However, it's not all good news. <laughs> After careful deliberation, the council felt that it would be unfair to fast track the crew into Starfleet, but they have allowed for five of them to be placed under Admiral Janeway's wing as warrant officers in training. She's my cherry pie, <laughs> sweet subtle woman's in a great surprise. Right, warrant? Anybody? Yeah. Warrant officers? Yeah. Warrant officers, anybody? Yeah, they gotta start practicing guitar and like, mm -hmm. do, and I mean, Daw already has kind of like, like hair metal hair. That's true. I mean, yeah, they gotta start more, I think, like, uh, trying to play drums on cherry pies, mm. like, in the video. Oh, yeah. The drummer's, like, instead of a snare, he has a cherry pie that he's playing on. <laughs> that was, honestly, one of the most brilliant decisions from a music video director of all time. I've never opinion. even seen that music video. What? You wow. stupid son of a bitch. Wow, I didn't, I didn't, even, know they were, I didn't even know they were using uh, cherry pies as, as percussion instruments. Hell, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the dumbest, most brilliant videos of all time. Wow. 
Right? Good for them. I wonder yeah. what they're doing now. I wonder if those guys. I wonder if they're dead. Uh, they have warrants for their arrest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just working on an old oil rig in, in Alaska, yeah. just like anonymously, just like they still have the hair. Yeah. <laughs> like just like acting like they're like yeah, just like living on living on the fringes of society, but mm-hmm. still like dressed the same way. Yeah. Uh, how, about, how about Darren Aronofsky's cherry pie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You look familiar. Ain't you that guy from that band warrant? No, no that ain't me. Okay. A guy just drills a hole in a pie at the end, like American <laughs> pie. <laughs> Starts fucking it. Tre- trepanating a pie. It's like, this is, this, is the, this is where everything went bad. <laughs> um, Rock says, wait, five can join you. But there's six of us. <laughs> yeah, way to go, science officer. Mm-hmm. Way to count. Yeah. Doll <laughs> says it's okay, as he's happy for everybody else. But Janeway stops him. He got in. He can't believe it. But then doesn't understand who didn't get in. Well, Murph can't talk, so maybe Murph? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, why would, why, why would they include Murph? Was Murph, I can't remember, was Murph wearing an, a uniform? No, no. I don't know if Murph can fit in a clothing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> besides a fedora. Oh, yeah, besides a fedora, yeah. 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 Uh, so Gwen sighs, saying she will not be joining them. First contact with Solem hasn't happened yet, but someday, knowing what will happen to her people, she has to go. Although her father was wrong about his ways, he was right in that she needs to save her people. Mm-hmm. Starfleet has agreed to take her back to the planet to try to start the healing process. So I don't know exactly how this is going to work because, like, they're going to basically do a first contact through her now? Yeah, it's going to be weird. (laughs) And plus, like, if anything, they should uh, try to get as much information from her as possible so, like, so as not to actually just, like, (laughs) fulfill, like, actually go through, like, they could be a self-fulfilling thing where they end up going and, and, like, fucking up the right. first contact. This is how they fuck up the first contact. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> lot of, like, almost circular thinking here, and I, I don't get exactly how they're going to do it, because at yeah. this point, this is, like, 50-some years beforehand. Oh, yeah. And the, um, the Diviner was only around for 30 years, so this is basically, like, 20-some years before their first contact is supposed to be, mm. which is interesting. Oh yeah, right. Oh no, they'll say like fifty-two years from their point in time. I think he just went back and then went the time that he went back. Yeah, it's fifty-two years from their point in time. Mm-hmm. Wait, from from remember he said from their point and the, the present. Is that right? Yeah, because like when they when the they're saying like oh well yeah they they did a wormhole that's fifty-two years from the future for the future. Right, that was the one that. Wait, was were the ones that she was going through to go back to her planet, and the Chakotay one was that the same wormhole? Is the question? Because they didn't specify that. No, I think it's just a new one. Maybe I don't know. Mm, I don't know because that's the thing. It's like so. Well, yeah, I know. the it's Diviner just... was only around for thirty years. However, that wormhole is fifty-two years in the future. So. I mean, well, like, which, but they never really discussed how long it took for their planet to like destroy itself. So I'm guessing that was the extra 22 years there. Well, I I think it like the point of time that he came in is like pointless because they they all went in like at different times in the in the past. 
that has no relation to like the wormhole, I think. Because remember, they're all going through through and stopping at different spots. Right. I'm talking about the time overlap, though. Because now that she exists here, she's going to, I mean, go back to her planet and basically invalidate her own existence. Well, I think like at this point, like now the future's changed because of, she, of her existence. Right. But now if she goes back to her planet and solves everything, then her father won't have to go into the future, and so she will never be born. Yeah, well, hasn't I don't think it's come to that yet, so we don't know. But yeah, that's the thing, though. Yeah. It's like her mission will invalidate her own existence. Mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, logically. It's so yeah. that's kind of what I, yeah, what I'm wondering about this is like, why <laughs> is she going back to her planet to fix everything? Because if she fixes everything, then her father doesn't have to fix everything. And the only reason he created her as the progeny is to fix everything because he oh, thought he yeah. was dying. Oh, yeah. So she may right? disappear. Exactly. So. Yeah. Confusing, <laughs> confusing there. I don't know. Yeah. What... That's why. That's why I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of all this time travel. Yeah, me too. It's like because like, <laughs> yeah, you can explain it. It's just like a lot easier if you don't use fucking time travel. Yeah. Thankfully, like Prodigy has actually used it pretty responsibly for mm-hmm. most of the series. I'm not sure about this. This is a little convoluted for yeah. me. I hope they clear it up. Yeah. Or they actually like make that a plot line. It's like. You know, basically a fucking, like, uh, Back to the Future thing where, like, Gwyn is fixing her planet and she starts disappearing or some shit like that. Mm. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, her contacting them, contacting them would be dangerous. But, yeah, them trying to fix fix the whole first contact, yeah, would be dangerous for her existence and mm-hmm. her, no matter what, so. Yeah, it's weird how, like, she's just, they're just fine with, like, uh, what would you call it, like, temporal... I don't know. They're like messing with the timeline, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I just don't know. We need, about we this. need the time cops mm-hmm. to, to intervene. They'd be like, no, right? Because like, so yeah. Because if she went back in time and like fixed everything, then it would just basically reset everything. Like none of the kids would be in Starfleet because mm-hmm. they would have never had you know the Proto Star there to begin with. Like everything. Yeah. Like this whole series would basically be invalidated if she fixed everything. So, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to work that, but mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, everybody says they'll miss her, and they all say goodbye. Bye-bye, Gwen. Next, we get a lovely speech from Admiral Janeway, saying, I have the unique privilege to have grown up with Starfleet, but there are parts of our universe still unexplored. Those uninitiated who have never been under the protection of an alliance will pursue dreams beyond their scope. Today, the crew of the Protostar has been given a chance, a chance to discover who they are, a chance to improve themselves, a chance of finding their place in an endless universe. In a classroom, a science officer tells Rock she seems adept with Murph and asked if she's ever considered xenobiology. Mm-hmm. Rock excitedly asks what that is and seems to have found her niche. Over with Jenkum, he pulls out a giant hammer from his proto-arm, and the whole class gasps, but then he uses a smaller tool and laughs at their reaction. <laughs> Zero gets a new body and looks like an iPod yeah. <laughs> and says it's perfect. Like, literally, looks exactly like an iPod. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, definitely an uh, Apple-made product. Yes. <laughs> like, she, yeah, like, they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm an Apple product now. <laughs> the iPhone Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... With Gwyn and Dahl, uh, they're together in, like, a, a mapping room. She asks him if he remembers calling her a chump for saying she was going to get off that rock. 
And he says, to think we'd be wearing cat boots. Or we'd be in cat boots. Gwyn laughs and says, you mean cahoots. Calling back to a joke that I totally forgot about from like the third episode of the first season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gwyn says she now knows where her homeworld is. And Dahl asks if her father is still out there. And she says because of time travel, yeah, I guess he is. Mm-hmm. He says he doesn't want her to leave. And she says she knows. And then they kiss. He makes her promise they'll see each other again in Embrace. Very tender moment. I mean, they're probably going to be seeing a lot of each other for next season. because I'm guessing that she's going to be on the same ship as them. So that's that's the thing that I'm wondering too. So no, no, she's not. No, no, because at the very end, she goes. Uh, Starfleet takes her to her own planet. Remember? Mm. Yeah, the ship that lifts off at the end is Gwyn's ship. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, um, the cr- speaking of which, the crew watch Gwyn's ship take off from Earth, oh. and suddenly a Starfleet dry dock <laughs> opens, revealing a brand new protostar. <laughs> Admiral Janeway appears and says it's a Protostar-class ship based on the prototype of their ship. Dahl asks if it's their new ship, and Janeway says she's got much bigger plans for them, and asks if they're coming or not. Dahl looks into the sky. Jacob's like, way ahead of you, and he's fucking the flashlight on his hand. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Uh, So Dahl looks into the sky as Gwyn's ship leaves the atmosphere. Mm. The end of season one. What'd you think? It was good. I think also they set up. Uh, I think they set up some possibilities that they're gonna, that hologram Janeway is going to return because oh, hundred percent. The, the, the protostar is still out there. Mm-hmm. The other uh, the other protostar, but they'll have to <clears throat> reintroduce themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great cap off uh, to the to to the se- to uh, the first season. Like mm-hmm. they set up a lot of possibilities for the next one, mm-hmm. which will be very interesting. Um, uh. I did think it's weird they just didn't let them just do start like like they didn't have to fast track them through uh, the academy, but they could have just like gone in. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's a thing too. It's like what I, I'm pretty sure like especially like Jenkum and Rock would have no problem passing all the tests. I mean, I'm not sure about Jenkum and the psych evaluations, yeah, but yeah. You know. Yeah, he definitely he definitely has some sort of like, yeah. I mean, the, but you know, if Barclay can fucking pass, anyone can pass, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I and Murph, I don't think would pass. Like, how would Murph pass any of the tests? Murph is un- <laughs> yeah, Murph's unresponsive. <laughs> Murph, yeah, Murph's nonverbal. Um, it's like uh, the psych evaluation. So, Murph, tell me about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> is it communicating with us in any way we can understand? No, it's <laughs> not. It, it is incapable of of speech of any kind. Wait, wait. It's turning itself into a fleshlight. <laughs> I think I know how to talk with this. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like I like it. I like where it set off. Like I think that was a great. I think it was uh, great. Uh, great cap to it all. Like mm-hmm. I like. I like the character stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, like everyone kind of has like a really nice heroic moment in it. And I mean, I the like the only thing I like. I did have a problem with it. it was just like i mean it's just like stupid stuff but it's just like mm. them surviving on that thing for a month which seems silly <laughs> like yeah. but like that's, that's fine well yeah. the thing is it took them a month to get back to earth and so they could have just been adrift for a day and then starfleet could have found them and they could have been traveling back to earth for a month oh well, if they if that was true then they would have communicated that to um no yeah they would have like starfleet would have communicated that they found them and anyway would have known that they've been found Maybe I mean 
she was busy. She was predisposed. And like, the, yeah, that, that whole thing didn't really make sense to be like, they're here because they would have known that they were there like way beforehand. Starfleet has the best sensors in the entire galaxy. Yeah. They would have had them on long range sensors the minute they got into their solar system, if not beforehand. Oh, so so, what, what, oh, then why did it take a month for them to get there? That's that's my thing. I think yeah. I think they were just adrift for just a little while, and they were picked up by the fucking you know the fucking rescue crew, mm-hmm. and it took them a month to travel back. But Janeway had been there for a long while. Yeah, Janeway had been back. Yeah, but no one had to search for her, and she was on the Dauntless. But but she was only gone for it. But like but like they have warp drive. They could have been back in a matter of days. Or if, we uh, we don't know how far out well, of Janeway. Well, were. Janeway was at the same spot. Admiral Janeway? Yeah. No, no they remember because they flew way out to get get away from everybody mm. and put the thing into warp. Uh, and and they left the ship while it was in proto warp. Yeah, but, remember? but what I'm guessing, what I'm saying is like if if they had been found after a day, like they, someone would have known. They would have communicated that information. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But they were on the ship when they, but they were. Yeah. So, so, the way, so it, the, I, way it, the way it, the way it, the way it, the way it, like. J- just the, the thing of her announcing him. So the thing is, she might have known they were on their way. The lady just came to announce that they had arrived on the planet. That's it. But, she didn't say we found them or anything like that. She just said they're here. That's it. Yes. So but, you're making way too many inferences from two words. I'm making way too many inferences from the fact that it shows them in the ship. They had mm-hmm. cra- they had crashed the ship into San Francisco Bay. So meaning that they had just that they had somehow piloted the ship for a month back to themselves. They were tractor beamed. Why, then why would they were a tractor beam? Why couldn't they have been beamed on the ship? I don't know. <laughs> because they wanted it to be a triumphant moment. So, so like, you're just thinking way too much into this ah! for something they didn't flesh out at all. <laughs> did, I, you're making a lot of inferences when there could be very good explanations that I'm providing to you, and you're just like, no, nah, I don't accept that. I, don't. I, I, I think it's another way, which is like... <laughs> It's fine. It's just like you're reading way too much into it. I'm well. The fact that they fa- were found in the ship mm-hmm. in San Francisco Bay seems weird. It makes it seem like they piloted the ship there. They That's weren't nice. found. They didn't say we found them. They said she said they're here. That's it. She didn't say we found them. They could have been found long ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, but right? they, but they weren't found long ago because they, they you were don't talk- know that they were talking about um, finding them before that that speech. They were talking about trying to find them. That was in a different time. No, it was like... It was no, 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 because you notice when the Vulcan's speaking, there's a whole group of people, mm-hmm. and Janeway's there. When uh, the fucking lady comes in and says they're here, the only two people in the room are Janeway and the Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a different time. No, there, there, she, there was a bunch of people that were in that, in that office. Not when she comes in to say they're here. It's only the two of them. Mm-mm. There's people, like, I, there was people in that meeting. They're all... In- yeah, 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 yeah. Until... Yeah. The lady comes in to say they're here. That's the same scene. We don't know that. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> there's nobody else there. There's no one else in the room at that point. It's just, it just the two but, of them. But it just shows them because there's other people in that room. We don't know that. We don't know if it's the same time. Like you have no, no. You're just making too many inferences. No, Believe I'm it. Not. <laughs> listen, I'm going by the information. They listen, provided. you you watched the episode once. <laughs> I've watched the episode three times, Pat. Mm-hmm. I took extensive notes. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this again. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I've already thought about this, this Pat. <laughs> um, all right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was a, thought an amazing season. Yeah. I mean, there, there were a few hiccups here and there, but it's a kid show, so I will, yeah. I will have some grace and give them a pass there. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. Pretty, pretty fucking good. <laughs> uh, I would definitely say, um, I don't know. So the first half, I don't even know if I can qualify this as a single season, though, is the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely two seasons. Yeah. You know, they made the first half almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, a year ago. Yeah. And then they aired the second half like a year later, which, I don't know. That's two seasons. I mean, it's kind of a common thing to do now with shows like, you know, like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. A bunch of them mm-hmm. did it where they, like, split up, like, the last season of two parts and stuff. And, yeah. like, whatever. That's fine, I guess. It's just, like, make it a full fucking season. That's oh, so yeah. strange. Um, And, you know, a lot of people say that they do that basically to get around, like, paying people extra money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which sucks. They shouldn't do that. They should pay people all the money they can. And uh, it... it um. I just uh, actually want to note, too, here that uh, uh, good on the Hagman brothers. Um, one thing that I've seen here more than anything is they definitely allow the assistant writers to get full credit on episodes, mm-hmm. which I don't know why exactly they're doing that. That, that. that can be because of a whole lot of different situations. Like in some writers' rooms, like everyone will contribute to like every single script, mm-hmm. and then they'll just kind of do a rotating uh Thing where they'll give a different person each week a credit so they can all basically make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you see an assistant writer get a full script credit, it usually means something different. It usually either means like the showrunners actually like respect this person and are trying to like further them in their career, mm-hmm. or they're just trying to get them paid more. Yeah. Either of which is some sick ass boss moves. Mm-hmm. Like that's good boss material. So yeah, yeah good on them. Good on them. And uh, yeah. Also, like, you know, the Hagen brothers wrote this episode. Fucking brilliant job. Brilliant job. Um, Once again, like, the last episode they wrote, I forget what it was, but it was really fucking good. Uh, They were, I think it was, uh, they co-wrote Preludes Mm -hmm. along with everybody else. That that was a really good episode. Mm -hmm. That made it on my my list. That actually, that one actually didn't. Uh, It was close, Mm -hmm. though. It was a close runner-up. But, yeah, it's a fantastic season of a fantastic show. Uh, I would say this first season actually ties Strange New Worlds as the best first season of a Star Trek show. I will agree, because, like, yeah, I mean, um, it definitely had a stronger first season than Lower Decks. Easily. Like, Lower Decks had a weak first season. It did. Straight up. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's kind of funny going back and watching when we watched um, an episode from the first season of Lower Decks, and it was just like, ooh, like, like the quality uh, rift was very apparent. Yes. And, you know, it kind of makes sense. Like, uh, I think for Lower Decks for the first season, like, Mike McGann was, or Mike uh, McMahon was still working out of his, um, you know, Rick and Morty mindset. Yeah. We got a lot of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I lost that. Trek and Morty. Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, But, yeah, that was the first season of Prodigy. Mm -hmm. I'd give it, like, a... I don't know, altogether an eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, sounds appropriate. Yeah, like the the first half of the season, I'd probably give like a six out of ten, and the second half of the season, I'd give like a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Second half of the season just really tied everything up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really great. All righty, with that, uh, would you like to do a Klingon word of the day? Yes. Word of 
Today's Klingon word of the day is Ejo. Ejo? Ejo. Ejo? It's uh, Starfleet. Starfleet. Yeah. I mean, Starfleet. If you use the sentence like, oh, that's cute that Dahl and his buddies got into Ejo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I like more than Starfleet? Hmm. Starfeet. Mm. Maybe that's why Quentin Tarantino wanted to do a Star Trek series. Is uh, He thought it was Starfeet. I can see that. Yeah. I actually watched, uh, what's it called the other day? Um, I finally watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I saw. You watched it on my server. I did. Yeah. And uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of bare feet in that. There are quite a few bare feet. What did you, you think of the movie? I thought it was good, actually. Yeah, was, it was really good. I was surprised because like, I did not like uh, Hateful Eight. I hate, thought it sucked. Really? I thought it was great. I didn't like it. I didn't like, um, I thought like, um, I didn't like the uh, going back and doing like the um, the uh, flashback to how it got to that situation. I thought that kind of deflated a lot of the the um, mm-hmm. the uh, tension and yeah. the scenes. And also like, also, you know, there's, you know, like a retelling of the thing. And of course he can't. Kind of, I mean, it's, it's, I'd say I mean, it's inspired it's, by the thing. Yeah. I'd say it's one half the thing, one half 12 angry men. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> and honestly, I think it's uh, more than it's like a, a film about tension. Yeah. Which, as, as a film that's only trying to do that, I think it really succeeds. Yeah. Like, I wasn't a big fan. That's fair. But I will say, I did, I did love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mm-hmm. thought it was really great. Yeah, it was and really good. I loved all the feet, you know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh... I mean, the, it was like <laughs> no, the, <laughs> the script is really good. Like, it's an interesting story. Like, yeah. the stylization of it, I think, is really good. Like, mm-hmm. it does feel. It has that. Like, it does have like a '60s, '70s feel to it. Yeah. In the same way that something like Boogie Nights did. Yeah. Like it, it's very effective at that. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Like some great performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. really good movie though. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was surprising to see uh, what's her face in it. Um, Lena Dunham was in it. That was, that yeah. was, that was mm-hmm. very that was surprising casting, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, no, it was. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, lots of lots of star feet in that. Lots star of st- oh, stars feet in that. Oh, very true. <laughs> stars feet. Which is actually I found out is actually true about um uh, what's her face? Who's the uh, I can't remember her name. The woman that ends up who was supposed to got killed in real life. Roman Polanski's wife. Oh, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Sharon Tate in real life actually didn't like wearing shoes. Hmm. And what she would do is put um, rubber bands on her feet to make it look like she was wearing sandals. Interesting. And But because she just liked to be barefoot all the time. So I can see why, like, Tarantino would go back and create a fictional universe where she actually lived. Yeah. He, because he wanted her. Because he wanted, her, like, this, this barefoot queen mm-hmm. to live. And that he could potentially like suck her toes or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> and really, when it when it comes down to it, like Quentin Tarantino is the Roman Polanski of feet. Yeah, yeah. Like if you replace thirteen year olds with feet, <laughs> yeah, that's Roman Polanski. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I'm guessing that's that's what sent him down his dark path because his wife was brutally slaughtered. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> I don't think that makes you a pedophile, but yeah, you don't know how people process trauma. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the people all process it differently. Yeah, I feel like processing it as uh, becoming a pedophile <laughs> is an unhealthy coping mechanism. Yeah. To say, yeah, oh, it just warped his brain or something. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's Klingon word of the day, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and skip the. Um, uh, subspace transmissions for the day because we just uh, you know we discussed the whole season yeah 
So we don't we don't really need that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that. Cool. 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 Hell yeah. With that, do you want to get into? It's almost time for the end of the show. So yeah. do you want to say goodbye to someone who gave the ultimate sacrifice? I would. Let's get into it. It's a redshirt obituary, folks. Well, the awaiting was in a pinch. And somebody had to die. But thanks a lot. Time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember Ensign Cito Jaxa, who served aboard the USS Enterprise D under Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Ensign Jaxa was reported missing in action and presumed dead after Captain Picard volunteered her for an undercover mission in which she was to feign being a Bajoran terrorist in order to legitimize a Cardassian double agent. However, the Cardassians were wise to their plans and wreckage of their transport ship was found soon thereafter. She didn't actually die, though, but that's a story for another day. As far as Starfleet was concerned, rest in peace among the stars, Insensito Jaxa, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good. I guess. Yeah, R.I.P. Bozo. Yeah, thanks a lot, fucking Picard. (laughs) Way to volunteer her for that fucking mission. Yeah, you moron. She's, yeah, like, I mean, that's a great episode. Uh, If you're not familiar, it's uh, episode Lower Decks from, I think, the sixth season of uh, Mm TNG. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, really great episode. Yeah, we did it on the show. Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just fucking go back and listen to that that episode. Yeah, that episode. Yeah, that episode's good. Yeah, worth worth uh, mourning the loss of like someone that he really that uh, he was hoping to mentor himself. Mentor is that what you call it? Yeah, mentor <laughs> mentor her pussy and her asshole. You know, what that's saying? what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's what Probably. I'm saying. Yeah, mentor all them holes, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that was a that's a very good episode. I think like yeah, also like good inspiration for the later lower decks TV show. Fair. It was like, you know, we got it because, like, you know, we didn't. That was, I think, one of the first glimpses that we had of, like, uh, the non officers. I believe so. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the only episode in which 10 Forward has a waiter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy disappears. Yeah. He's just <laughs> this cool, cool black dude who's like a waiter at 10 Forward, and he's there for literally an episode, and we never see a waiter in 10 Forward ever again. No, yeah, we don't. We don't see him again. He just disappears. No, he just dematerializes. Yeah, maybe he was on that on that um, mission with her. Oh, we like to believe that. Also, we're sending the waiter to uh, legitimize you. <laughs> like what? <laughs> or, or he was like in the ship, and it was just like, "Hey, I just wanted to give you this on your send off. Like, good luck." And then like got it was like, <laughs> he shut up. He's like, "Oh no. God, no, no, no." <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's that. Super fun. So yeah. that's about the end of the show. Where can we find you on the internet if we want to say hello, Patrick? Uh, Atomic Bomb at Instagram and Twitter. Hell yeah. And you got anything to plug or anything? What Besides that butthole? You know Besides, what I'm saying? Put butthole. a cork in it. Oh, God, I wish I could plug it up. Yeah. Put a no. plastic, you put one of those plastic screw corks <laughs> in it and still like <laughs> leaking out the sides. I would like to plug Soy Trek. <laughs> Great. <laughs> What way else to, am I doing? Wait, 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 wait to plug something they're already listening to. I don't know. What, what, what else do I have to plug? Uh, how about you plug Soytrek.com? Uh, oh, yeah. I want to plug Soytrek.com, yeah, which has a bunch of amazing merchandise you can buy for yourself. Stickers, yeah. T-shirts, and coming hats. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, Pat will be actually running uh, the site for the next, what, like nine days? Damn, is it nine days? Yeah, ten days. I'm coming back on the ninth. So, yeah. Oh, I thought you'd come back the fourth. Oh, no. Uh, wait. 
is it the ninth or the seventh? Uh, yeah, I, sorry, I switched the both times, so it's. Uh, oh, but I'm coming back on Sunday. If that's oh, okay. okay with you. Yeah, it's fine. That works for you. Yeah. And you'll just get to stay here while you actually work now, I guess. Well, no, wait, you won't, because you're only. Aren't you only working for like one day while you're here? Uh, Do you work at all next week. I work January. I think I go back the third. Oh, okay. So you'll be here for a few days. Yeah, I come back the eighth. Okay. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Neat. Well, so uh, we're going to be taking a week off because of that. So uh, don't expect a fucking episode next week. I don't know. Yeah. We might try to record one and put it up, but who knows? Who yeah. cares? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, yeah. But with that, Captain's Log. Supplement. Oh, yeah. You can find me at Soytrek on all yes. social media. Who cares? <laughs> Captain's Log. Supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and as Ferengi rule of acquisition number six says, never allow family to stand in the way of opportunity. Mm. All right. Thanks for checking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 soy. Soy, 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 soy,